back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library. I'm coming up with my own song because I am like T.J. Miller's character from this movie. Just like T.J. Miller from this movie specifically, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Yay, me! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Jeff, and the, the semi-apparently-lately-singing one between mm-hmm. the two of us. <laughs> and then joining me forever, who we've already heard, Yay. the fan favorite, everyone's oh, favorite, oh, my favorite, Aww. T.C. Hello, T.C. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Here we are. Here we are. We're back for another. Wow. <clears throat> back for another, and... Uh, I'm not going to lie, guys, and I don't mean to start off on a sad note, but I looked, I, I got up the uh, the list, the Wikipedia list of all the movies here before we started recording, and mm. I scrolled all the way down the bottom, and I went, oh no, they're so close to the end, yeah, and I got kind of sad. Two I'm a little sad. Mm. But mm. We'll, we'll lament but, that when we get there. For, for now, where are we? <laughs> exactly. For now, we are at number 54 on the list. 54. That's insane, TC. Yeah. Cannot believe how many of these we've done. You've actually done more episodes on this podcast than I have. It's true. I did do a, a few bonus episodes. Th- three bonus episodes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you are the uh, you are the Wikipedia Brown from Mr. Sunday Movies, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. or from the Weekly Planet, where you've actually done more episodes than I have, and I'm quote-unquote the host, I guess? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You are. It's a, share, it's a shared I'm responsibility. Just, I'm just here to join you. You're just here to join me and say all the good stuff. <laughs> I am over here quietly in the corner. Is all. <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know if I if maybe I don't have anything good to say about today's movie. Well, TBD. Oh, wouldn't that be fascinating if you didn't have anything good to say? <laughs> Anyways, number fifty four, twenty fourteen's Big Hero Six. Big Hero Six. Oh. That's right. A strange TC. title that uh, I know, that, right? <laughs> that makes no sense because it's never said in the movie. I guess there are six of them, so that works. But anyway, uh, what were you going to say? You started <laughs> I, to say something. I uh, uh, no, but that's a really good point. Um, I rem- and I remember when I first heard this movie was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little confused because I was trying to figure out what the crap this movie was. Basically, uh, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know. I don't, I don't know Big Hero Six. I'm. You know, we're coming off of uh, Wreck-It Ralph and Frozen, and Frozen mm-hmm. was the last movie I knew of, and I was already kind of like, okay, Disney is just gone at this point. <laughs> and uh, and then when I'm like, Big Hero 6, what is this going to be about? It's, it sounded like some little kitty, you know, like silly kid action movie is what it kind of felt like to me. Yeah, like yeah. Something, something in the vein of Spy Kids, maybe, possibly. Yes, uh, I, yes. I, I knew that there was a Marvel connection, so my, my curiosity going into it was... Is this a Marvel Cinematic Universe film? True. Because it's a Marvel comic. So will this be set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Am I going to see Tony, an animated Robert Downey Jr. show up at some point? So that that was my curiosity going into it. Which, it's funny because while you watch this movie, you can continue going, is this part of the universe? I cannot tell because, first off, like right off the bat, this movie is... The the first it's a huge departure from anything Disney has ever done, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, like certainly. Disney's, yeah. Disney has done their adventure films and obviously their 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 fantasy, their fairy tales. We've we've seen movies that have had good jokes in them with some good action set pieces. You know, we go mm-hmm. back to uh, like uh, Treasure Planet and mm-hmm. you know, kind of like Atlantis, where those movies have. Uh, uh, good action pieces, or like Lilo and Stitch, where the the the, the final act is kind of a big you know, chase action sequence. Certainly, and entangled, of course. Right, right. So we've had those moments before, but watching this film and watching it under the guise of knowing, like, 
this is a Marvel property. While no, it's not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, it is not. Um, it is not. But you could watch it, and you could, you know, in your head, it finishes, and you go, "Well, yeah, that could easily have been in the Marvel Universe." Like, it's it's it is a Marvel. It's it's a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Just it, made by Disney. It, it, uh, you know, watching this, I, you know, looking at it from the perspective of having watched this entire library, thinking now how we're in this revival era of the Disney animation library, and also that Disney, as we've been discussing in the past few episodes, Disney is finding its voice. This does not feel like a Pixar movie at all, and no. and I and I mean that in a good way, but I can't pinpoint what it is that makes this so significantly not a Pixar movie. Because Wreck-It Ralph, we discussed, had a Pixar quality to it where Brave, from our memory, kind of doesn't. And so it's a weird little switcheroo for that year of films. But uh, Frozen definitely feels like a Disney musical. But I can't really pinpoint what it is about Big Hero 6 that... It's not Pixar, and not in a bad way, because a lot of the Pixarisms probably would have helped something like Frozen be a stronger film. Right. This one does not feel like a Pixar movie, and I don't know why. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Though I, I was seeing. Here's my okay. So here's my big thing. Like I know um, a lot of like. So obviously, just for the record, this isn't a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. It just has a lot of the people who usually worked with Pixar. Sir, so, you know, it's a it's putting Lester, their hands in it. Yeah, right. Lester's obviously in charge of both departments, and he's bringing people from from both teams and putting them together to make these. So I don't want to say uh, stylistically or uh, you know technically, technically, it doesn't have some Pixar stuff to it because it certainly does. But as right. far as like narrative is concerned, as far as these characters are concerned, I don't really, I can't really think of anything comparable to Pixar and. And I, I, I don't know. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, the, the one thing, though, that I will say about it that I noticed while watching it, especially coming off of Frozen. First off, okay, I'm not going to bash Frozen anymore in this, <laughs> in the, well, I might a little bit, but that was last week's episode. But coming off of Frozen and watching the way that that movie was structured, the way that the story was told, the way that it was paced, for mm-hmm. that matter, compared to Big Hero 6, Big Hero 6 has a ton of just quiet moments where it's, characters yeah, are certainly. figuring things out, where there's obviously an emotion that's running through their head, where there's there's just, there are long, and not in a bad way, but there are long beats that I find myself watching and relating to the character more mm-hmm. because they focused on just the nonverbal cues of the character's face. And it's that sort of thing that, to me, that makes it feel like feel more like a Pixar movie. I think that, to me, is what is Pixar about this film. I can agree with that. Yeah, this movie, it's this Big Hero Six has more of a maturity to it. Yes, it it definitely doesn't feel as calculated as Frozen does. We discussed last week, and not, you know, obviously, I'm not. I'm going to try to do like you as well, and not try to bash <laughs> Frozen, but it's worth comparing the two, in that. Frozen feels like a very calculated film. What's going to make us the most money? What's going to appeal to the most people? This uh, Big Hero 6 feels more mature. It feels like they are taking a bit more risk in these kind of characters, in this kind of universe, telling this kind of story. And this is going to, this, this might feel odd. And, and you can disagree with me if you'd like. Mm-hmm. But there's something about this movie 
that feels much closer to Tangled spiritually than Wreck It Ralph or Frozen. Um, if if like, yes. compared to anything, it yes. would be it would be like the Coronado trilogy. If you go from Shaun of the Dead to Hot Fuzz, they're not sequels, but there's something about them. It's well, it's because it's Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. But <laughs> aside from that, there's right. they they are they are thematically and structurally siblings and uh, we can discuss in the theory section some tangled connections that this movie may or may not have but big hero six from a structure point of view from uh, the character's perspective or the the, looking at the characters it feels much closer to a a successor of tangled than uh, wreck it ralph or, or frozen did Right, and that's and that's one of the things that I had noticed. Now I know last week oh, I'm not gonna keep doing it, but I know last <laughs> week you had. I just can't help it because I like a bunch of my notes were in fact comparing it to like the last handful of films we've seen. Right, right. Um, when we watched Tangled, I know we brought it up. Tangled is just beautiful. There's a quality about the characters, the way that it's lit, like filmed, the way that the characters themselves are animated because there's lots of these fantastic little subtle nuances that the characters yeah, little, like their like ticks the they, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the way they blink or the corner of their lip curls or the way their hands yes. do a thing. Yes. And that's Tangled and I does it that, fantastic. And I had said last week the animation on Frozen felt a little stiff. There's such yes. a fluidity to to Big Hero 6 and then yes. that's another element that I'm that I'm using to compare it as a successor to Tangled in the movement of the characters and the the acting the performances of these characters even in those subtle moments like you said which this movie does have there's yep. there's a quality of this movie of big of Big Hero Six that uh, that feels in this rewatching so actually back up a minute here I have mm-hmm. seen this before I did mm-hmm. see it in theaters um, I have watched it on video so I've seen it twice before. Um, did you get to see it when it was in theaters, or did you see I, it in video? I've only ever seen it at home, and unfortunately, okay. the rest of this list is that way for me. That's where I, I haven't seen any of these in theaters. Though, in you know, in hindsight, I would have loved to have seen Big Hero Six in the theaters. I think that would have been yeah, a blast the, to have seen the flying sequences in particular. Oh. Right? I often discuss with with fellow film geeks the what why. Do you need to see this movie on the big screen? Not Big Hero 6 specifically, but when a movie comes out, why do you need to see this movie on the big screen? Big Sick, great movie from uh, 2017. Do you need to see that on the big screen? No, there's, there's nothing. It's a fantastic film, but there's nothing about it that requires you to see it on the big screen. Uh, Lord of the Rings if you didn't get to see it in theaters, you kind of missed out on the grand, the scope of this movie, right? And Mm -hmm. the hero six in those flying sequences and, and the exploring the world that hero does with Baymax in those sequences. That is, that's something that's meant for a big screen. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, well, I know there's a, uh, where did I see it? Someone, either someone tweeted at me or I saw that little bit of trivia that this world that they built San Francisco is, as is bigger than Frozen's universe, Wreck-It Ralph's universe, and uh, uh, Tangled's universe combined, like all the maps that they created for for the world, <laughs> which is pretty insane. But I mean, you yeah, you watch those flying sequences, you watch any kind of establishing shot. I mean, okay, that is San Francisco, and I mean, I've been to San Francisco one time, but mm-hmm. just from my memory and photo excuse me, at photographs I've seen of the place and I can compare it to their skyline. It doesn't look like a, 
it's not like a GTA condensed version, like a Grand Theft Auto, like, oh, this is kind of New York, but it's, like, well, right. it's kind of condensed <laughs> and we're just, we're putting all the big things together and we're getting rid of areas. You look at that flying sequence and you go, yeah, that looks like that's about the right distance between what the actual location, like those two actual locations <laughs> in real world San Francisco are. Mm-hmm. And that was all, unfortunately, that's all I was doing for like a half of those flying sequences. I've been there. Just all I've, been there. Yeah, I've, been, I've been to that one. Oh, I've been to that one. I know where that is. Wow, that actually is the right amount. Like, it's all I was geeking out about for a while. <laughs> yeah, the, but I could see that. I could see how it could very well be bigger than those worlds that we've seen because it's it's one giant city. They made mm-hmm. a city for this well, movie. They might like, I, they might as well just poured over the city for something like Kingdom Hearts or uh, Disney Infinity. Because uh, if you look back at traditional animation, if you go way back when particularly Hanna-Barbera, if I may pick on anyone, the cycling mm-hmm. backgrounds. You get them in Looney Tunes, you get them, you just, you, you matte paint a background that's from point A to point B, and then you just loop it. So when a character is running for their life, you can just see the same door, 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 door go by. Right. Yep. It's not about the background, it's about the characters doing their running gag. Uh, Hanna-Barbera was the most egregious for recycling animation that way. In this, if you look at the car chase sequence, when they're running from the nanobots in... Uh, in Wasabi's car, and you know, Gogo takes over. They mapped out that entire route and and rendered every bit of street from point A to point B. They did not recycle any backgrounds, and they didn't lazily blur anything. They mm-hmm. built that environment. That is a lot of TLC for something that, the, no offense, but something that a normal moviegoer is not even going to take into a moment's consideration. But looking at it from our perspective, or we're being obviously a little critical about it, or or being a little more uh, engaged in something beyond the story, but the technicality of it, that's really impressive. And that, I've said it before, the little details, it, Wreck-It Ralph was a good example of that. The little details make the world bigger and better yep. and make the movie bigger and better. Yep, the little details that are not necessarily in your face, but are there if you look for them. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that I love when movies do. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's animated or if it's live action. You want to put details and references in there? That's fine. Don't cram them in my face going, huh? Look, here's a reference. You you look, know this reference, right? Over yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. Put it in the background. So like on my two hundredth viewing of the film, I go, like, Holy cow, hey, I didn't even know that was in the background. What did you t- see that? He's got a toy wreck at Ralph on top of his computer. That's yep. amazing. <laughs> yep. Which, I guess, jumping the gun a little bit there, TC, that means this movie is in, that that means Wreck-It Ralph is a video game inside of this movie's universe. Yes, yeah. Seriously, we need to make a map here. We (laughs) We need need to to figure out which universes cross with which universes. (laughs) And I really think that needs to be in our final episode. I think think so, too. That'll be fun. Okay, okay, that is absolutely official. We are doing that, guys. We are doing that. So something that struck me about this movie and this viewing... So so this will be the third time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Is and and this may play, uh, it may be from the movies I've been watching recently or the Netflix series I've been watching recently. But Big Hero Six, narratively, structurally, the, the way the plot plays out, I feel has a bit of a retro feel to it. In, you know, I can't. I'm not gonna. I can't say it's exactly like this, this, or this, but it has a vibe of. Back to the Future and Tron and Last Starfighter and those classic sci-fi adventure movies 
I don't know. I don't, I, I suppose, you know, normally I'm a little better at articulating exactly mm-hmm. what it is that makes me feel a certain way about this, about something in a film. But, you know, I don't know if it was, they, they, they took a pretty standard hero's journey. Uh, if right. you look at, you know, if uh, the monomyth, if you want Joseph, Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces, uh, for those of you who don't know plot structure, it is the, it is the end all be all plot structure, right? It's a, it's what all great fantasy and sci-fi and genre films are built upon. And mm-hmm. uh, the more you stray away from it, then you risk alienating audiences. But if you can successfully take that structure and find a unique way, unique way to deliver it, you can have successes. Uh, and that goes over the course of pretty much literature and film, but specifically film. Thank you, George Lucas. Yes. Uh, but... <laughs> It's not that this follows it to a T that I can put it side by side with something like Tron, Back to the Future, Last Starfighter, Star Wars, but the structure is there, and it's and it's very uniquely played out. His brother, uh, uh, Hero's brother, playing the mentor character that needs right. to die in order to progress the character uh, to, or get that character to the threshold he denies, and uh, the 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 structure of breaking this into three pieces. Uh, I can recall when I first saw this, I, I thought it felt inconsistent in that it was like this first part, and then suddenly the bad guy is this, and then we have the third act climax where they're fighting on the in the in, over the institute. It felt disjointed. But now mm-hmm. watching it, the foreshadowing for everything is there from the get go. All right. the details are threaded together really nicely. Some of them are are in your face, right? Some of them, yep. if you go as simple as the powers that the characters all used, all their tech, is just versions of the tech they're building in the first 10 minutes of the movie, right? Right. <laughs> but something more subtle is uh, Cray, um, Alistair Cray and um, Callahan talking to each other, and Callahan saying, Hero, you do not want to work with this guy. He cuts corners. It's 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 it feels like a throwaway line of dialogue, but that right. is literally the the catalyst for why Callahan is the bad guy. <laughs> which which spoilers for that? Um, but oh yeah, which sorry. We've already discussed. No 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 no. <laughs> we've already discussed that there's spoilers in these movies, so no yeah. one no one you can't listen to this if you don't want to know. Right. But I will say though, my first viewing, while there is those little bits and pieces that that are that are foreshadowing really well. I did not know who the villain was going to be. Mm-hmm. I I was I kept guessing through the whole film. I guess initially in my head, you know, I, I'm 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 sitting there going like, okay, so it's uh, uh, sorry, what is Alan Tudyk's character? Cray, Cray, yeah. I'm like, okay, Tudyk. He's not Baymax. I thought he's not Baymax. Was Baymax instead Scott Atz, who's Frank or not Frank? He was from Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. You yep. thought, you thought, okay, good. Um, but I'm like, because um, you, you're you sitting there going like, okay, that's obviously the bad guy because the good guy can't potentially be Callahan because he, he understood, you know, Hero, he he saw Hero's ability and he's like, no, you need to come here. You need to work with us. Like, I'm a, I'm, I've come up with all these great abilities. So I'm like, oh, it's not him. But then mm-hmm. once they introduce the, the concept of Callahan's daughter, Mm-hmm. being like sucked into that other dimension. I'm sitting there going, oh, maybe that's her. Maybe she's gone weird. And that's like her the entire, or like something, you know, yeah. like there's, <laughs> there's all these little bits and pieces that, cause I don't think they, I don't think you knew it was, yeah, you don't, you didn't know it was Callahan yet at that moment. Right. 
No, uh, when she, that's still a secret? The first time we see the uh, Abigail, the Abigail Can- Callahan, the test pilot, go through the portal, we don't know her last name. It's right. after they've fought uh, Callahan or the man in the mask the first time, and they fail, and they are, oh my gosh, it was his daughter. Ah, you know, like that revelation leads into the, the final cro- confrontation. And they piecemeal right. out those details rather nicely. There's something about this movie. And actually, just it's just striking me now. It's a convention that I feel like Harry Potter popularized. Every Harry Potter book, and therefore every Harry Potter movie, is a mystery movie. It happens mm-hmm. to have wizards. It happens to be a young adult story. It happens to also follow the monomyth. But when it comes down to it, it's a mystery. And from that, from that perspective, Big Hero 6 is a mystery. Because it's a matter of who, who is this villain... And let's follow the clues in order to uncover his identity. And now let's figure out why he is the way he is. And then let's figure out how we stop him. That's every Harry Potter book. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's exactly. Oh, that's a good, that's a good, uh, uh, oh, comparison. Wow. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've read all of those books. I never even thought about that. <laughs> uh, but it's done, it's done well. I, again, the first time I saw this, I was pretty disappointed by this movie. Maybe it was because it didn't have the Marvel connection. Maybe maybe my expectations were wrong. Um, and rewatching it today, I found a new appreciation for it. That could very well be because we've been watching these movies as we've in the order we've been watching them in, as frequently as we've been watching them. It may be that I'm looking at details a little differently, but the the movie played much different for me. This much more differently this time than it did the first time because i walked out of that first one it's funny i mentioned last week frozen was my favorite movie of 2013 for 2014 big hero 6 was my biggest disappointment movie and i I really think that was a matter of expectations that i i approached it probably with the wrong attitude uh and and now having been so far away been away from it for a couple of years and gone back to it uh, i found all these new things to appreciate about it (laughs) Um, well, and I see. So one of the biggest things that I love, I, I've, because I, I loved this movie the first time I watched it. I really thought it was hilarious, down to the point where I watched it with my nieces, and the fist bump that Hero and Baymax does, <laughs> oh, yes, was <laughs> something <laughs> that me and my nieces did all the time. And we haven't done it lately, but we did it for years, like for at least three mm-hmm. or four years. I guess three years because this came out in 2014. So yeah. we did it just every time we saw each other, we'd fist bump and we just do la 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 la. Like that's all we ever did <laughs> because uh, of this movie. So, so I so I cute. I fell in love with Baymax mm-hmm. because there is, and I, I noted it this time that first off, He's a perfect character. I love the character of Baymax. I love the performance that Scott Addison did. I never know how to pronounce his last name. Adson? Ads. 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 <laughs> it sounds like I'm sneezing or I got like a thing in my nose. But Ads. like I love the <laughs> exactly. I love the performance he does. He has the absolute perfect tone to his mm-hmm. voice for this character. And I like and when he's, I love I like when he's low the, powered. Yes, uh, skin. low Harry energy, Harry, <laughs> Harry, Harry baby. baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we jumped out a window. It, Baymax um, is a phenomenal <sighs> character. It's because he's all physical. There's yes. he and this and this is the thing that I realized. He has no face. 
The mm-hmm. only face he has is a slit that's kind of his nose-ish, yeah, maybe and his mouth. <laughs> and then these two eye, these two black dots, no pupils, no nothing else, just black dots that can blink. Yeah. And the fact that you can get a character to convey emotion can contain or like he he conveyed his low energy mode obviously that is a that's an analogy for him being drunk that's what they're kind of being you know certainly certainly. (laughs) but it's so well done because like his eyes blink out of sync just ever so slightly when he's in low energy mode and uh, that alone is enough to convey an emotion or yeah uh, yeah yeah. i love the moments uh, when he pulls the the medical chip out of him, so he's just the fight chip, and his mm-hmm. eyes go red. It's a very Iron Giant kind of feeling moment, which is yeah. perfectly fine with me. But like, yeah, for how he has no features, and he's able to convey in his physicality, in Scott's voice, and those two eyes, so much. He, yeah, that, Baymax is a phenomenal feat of animation, <laughs> um, especially now. <laughs> The, the the CG animation even because I've I criticized when we transitioned from from uh, 2D to CG that perhaps there's something lost in that and I mm-hmm. feel that over the course of these past few movies they have rediscovered how to do very Looney Tunes 2D style yes. animation with the CG characters because they're like uh, I like when. Hero falls between the bed and the shelf, and his hand and feet keep going up, and he's squished back there. Uh, there, there is a lot of, and this is another another, I feel uh, tangled ism, that the, yep. the physical comedy is very yes. animated. It's very cartoony, like Tangled is, and it and yep. it works. It feels very nice. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel out of place, even though they're they're trying to establish in the movie that this is an alternate real world. Mm-hmm. Um, which for those of you who don't know, the story behind it is the fact that, all right, that is this an alternate world where after the 1906 earthquake, uh, destroyed most of San Francisco, it was the Japanese and Chinese immigrants that helped rebuild the city, which is why they rebuilt it with a lot of their aesthetics over the years. And that's why it became huh. San Francisco, I think is how they pronounced it. Is that, uh, is that the in movie history yes. or is that from the comics? Nope, that is from that's from John Lasseter and all them. That's that was their background oh, story for why that, the character did it. Because the because when Lasseter came on, this is not a location that was in the comics. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't read the comics, so please, I, I'm not an expert, but I know this much about it. Right. It was they wanted to create a brand new location for the movie just to kind of help separate it a little bit. Plus, they also created new versions of the characters and backstories and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's loosely based on the Marvel comic. <laughs> Uh, but they created this whole brand new thing, and they just thought the design aesthetic would make the city look, you know, kind of cooler than it already is. Because San Francisco is a really pretty city. Oh yeah, I it, really do. I really think it's a pretty city. And, and and oh, it is. It's a it's a. I've I have been there twice myself, and both occasions have had pretty surreal experiences uh, appreciating yeah. the the landscape. Um, but uh, something I I appreciate is that uh, the three lead animators on this were all Asian American or possibly just Asian. Uh, Oh, nice. The, the designers for the film. Um, and that's great because, you know, there's always that risk of cultural appropriation or that, that being shouted at someone uh, for, for uh, I guess, if we want to look at Princess and the Frog, you know, there's there's the accusation that they culturally appropriated black culture of New Orleans of that era, and it was just a bunch of white people's opinions about how that should be. 
not trying to make a whole thing of it, but that is a risk. Right. Uh, so to, to bring on, uh, well, you know, this actually this is worth discussing because Disney's made this mistake in the past with stuff like Pocahontas or, uh, or like Princess and the Frog or Mulan. You know, there's that risk of if you're going to deal with a culture, bring some of that of those people of that culture in to help you develop it appropriately. And mm-hmm. this, I, Big Hero 6, very appropriately, I feel, uh, especially having those three lead animators being of Asian descent, um, that's great. That's good. That is that is how you achieve uh, subtle things that, if you're not a part of that culture, you never would have thought of. So uh, kudos to them. Uh, even the voice acting is is appropriate to the the nationality of the of th- this very multicultural cast, you have Hiro and Tadashi, and um, their aunt, who's mixed, is voiced by Maya Rudolph, who's mixed race. Uh, you have um, mm-hmm. Genesis Rodriguez, who voices Honey, Honey, dry, Honey, uh, Honey Lemon. Whatever. What is it? <laughs> yeah, I was I was just trying to find. Uh, yeah, Honey Lemon. You're right. <laughs> honey yep. Lemon. Okay, good. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say Honey Bucket, but Honey Bucket means something else. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, but I mean, even at the same time, you still in you, you. It's a nice mixed bag of actors. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have Damon Wayans Jr. We still have T.J. Miller. We've got you know James Cromwell and Alan Tudyk. So yeah. there's a nice. And then obviously we have Stanley, but we have <laughs> we have like it's a nice mixture. It's it's a half and half, well, maybe a little bit more over one or the other. But yeah, it's a great it's a great mixture of uh, of different nationalities doing the voices in it. So it's not just a you know it's not just a bunch of white people doing right. all the voices in this town. That's obviously half you know Asian, half American mix from <laughs> years of years and years of of of, of generations. You know, right. And and it's and the the voice cast is good. I really nothing. Uh, what's a good way to put it? it's it? I feel like this goes right to a script level because this is such a well written movie, and I feel like the performances don't feel like, for example, Wreck It Ralph, where all those four main characters they have their the isms of the performers in them, and that's not mm-hmm. a knock. I love I love that Sarah Silverman is Vanellope and that Jane Lynch is is Calhoun. Like I love that about those characters, John C. Riley and Jack McBriar as well. Whereas this, <clears throat> these voice actors are the characters, and I don't feel like maybe T.J. Miller does a little little too much riffing. Yeah, just, which I think I feel like just that's just that him. Of, yeah, um, I feel like that's him in everything he does. <laughs> he always does just, and I don't mind T.J. Miller by all means, despite anything the man might have done. in his I don't, I don't care. As an actor, <laughs> I do enjoy him. He is funny to me, but there is always a point where I'm like, oh, please just shut up for just a minute. I need you to stop talking. Back. Yes, <laughs> but it, it, it just verged that point maybe in a couple spots, and and I really honestly, if I think of the character, man. I, yeah, he's my least favorite character in the movie, but not like I hate, I don't dislike him like I have disliked other sidekick characters. Um, but uh, when you have Baymax, who's just one of the best characters we've seen in this entire library of films, yes. and, and one of the best characters of this modern era, uh, and then you have Hero himself, our main character, who, who goes on this journey, is a pretty neat character. I, I was... Th- Trying to think in terms of my revival theory that the characters need to find a way to change themselves as opposed to the world changing. Mm-hmm. I don't think Hero necessarily, at least in bigger in big and large strokes like previous characters, this might go to Tangled again in that he 
pretty he's pretty consistent and and just figures out how to use his strengths to save the day in the end. He doesn't have right. to go through a, a huge change. Emotionally, the, he does, of course. Yes, I was going to say, the closest that he's going to come to is, which, I mean, isn't how he is at the beginning of the film. It's not until... Um, uh, dang, never, why do I always forget his name? The Tadashi. brother, uh, Tadashi. Tadashi. It's yeah. not until he dies that... Yeah, that um, that hero's character changes, but it's more just emotionally upset and angry, mm-hmm. and it's not until you know obviously it's not until he finds out or finds the the recorded footage of him inside of Baymax that he then turns to be good again. Yeah. So or not not uh, he never turns to be bad, but he just right. he, he, he just goes through a very uh, emotional roller coaster. <laughs> right. Right. So that is a good point that he is probably this is the film that has the least amount of character development or character journey or uh, or arc to it especially compared to the ones we've seen before like Tangled and all those where it's right. a very in, in clear this, arc <laughs> that changes right. I, I, another movie that this is I think c- comparable to is Bolt there is <laughs> elements of eh, you know not a lot of comparison but just in the <laughs> it's okay Bolt's inside the same universe so it's fine oh Bolt, <laughs> Bolt takes place in the Big Hero 6 universe Yep, because first off, it's the it's one of the same pigeons near the end. Oh, and there's, okay. that, there's that pigeon gag. You're gonna say the pigeon is one of the pi- okay. <laughs> yes. Also, also connecting it to Bolt. If it's one of those things where it's like, a, if you look closely on the police officer's desk mm-hmm. when they when uh, Hero and uh, Baymax go to the police officer mm-hmm. to report the, mm-hmm. the 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 guy in the, with the mask. Right. Um, on the police officer's desk is a photograph of the female police officer from Bolt. Oh the big gosh. heavy one when they're trying to escape from, or not a police officer, I think it was the animal shelter. Animal control. When they're trying to, es- yeah, it's her. <laughs> She's on his desk. Okay. So like it. there's, yeah, yeah. A f- it's a very thin, mm-hmm. but there's the theory that this takes place in that same world. Um, maybe around the same time. It's kind of hard to say because obviously there's no like flying cars in Big Hero 6. They're all still vehicles driving around. Were so it's flying? not like it... I don't think there were flying cars in Big Hero 6. No, no, no there's, there's not. Sorry, yeah. like, that's what I was saying. Like, it's right, not right. like there is. Oh, Which I see, means I that, see, oh, yeah, yeah. it's not like way in the future. Like it could very well be taking place in the same <laughs> mm-hmm. time as uh, as Bolt. But yeah, that's the... Uh, sorry, that was the other fan theory slash connection is that this is in... That Bolt and Big Hero 6 are in the same <laughs> quote-unquote realistic universe because there are connections between them. Uh, you know what? I'm, that's it. I'm I'm doing... I'm going to make a whiteboard. We're going to figure this out. We're going to make a whiteboard. <laughs> We're going to start writing everything down. We're going to have to go back through all of the movies before we do that final episode. <laughs> Guys, we might have to take a couple weeks off before the <laughs> final episode just so we can plan things. <laughs> uh, so uh, something I'll criticize this movie for. This is my criticism but i feel like mm. it's it's a weird thing that they didn't do i'm gonna fact check this as i say it uh <laughs> they never said dead tadashi's dead my daughter is dead they just kept saying gone so it's that little thing that originally threw me off as to i didn't know i was there was also a part of me where i was waiting for tadashi to be the the villain yeah uh, yep i i would say i my first viewing of it I did have a. I it must have been something had else had come out that year that had me thinking that. But yeah, I, th- I, right. I was there too. See, because I read into the movie too much, going along those lines of like what you said. First off, we never saw Tadashi's body. Obviously, they had a funeral, but we never saw his body. And then when Baymax goes, but Tadashi is here. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, in my head, yeah. I went, oh, his sensors are picking him up. <laughs> like, in my head, that's where I went. Not Tadashi is here, as in his memory is here because I'm here. Plus, I also have video of him. Mm-hmm. I didn't go that route. So I kept going, no, Tadashi's here. Yeah, he's going to be the he's gonna be the villain, he's too, the isn't he? He's the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know how, but he's going to be the bad guy. And obviously, it wasn't. They, they only <laughs> say dead once. And it's when... Baymax is asking about Tadashi, and he's like, Tadashi's gone. Oh, when will he return? No, he's dead, Baymax. Uh, but Tadashi was in excellent health, that whole sequence. That's the only time in the mm-hmm. movie they say dead. And, again, this is a very minor complaint, but the fact that they... I feel like they watered down some of the of the emotional impact of saying, so, my daughter's dead, or right. Tadashi is dead. Like Only saying it the one time... I suppose, on the other hand, you could say, oh, well, that's why it's a significant moment that he says it out loud. Maybe that's the first time he says it. I don't know. Small complaints. Just something I noticed in this time around that I was like, hey, come on. They killed Flynn on screen. They've killed characters on screen in these movies. Right. Fell a little water down. I, I will say, going along the same lines, and as a complaint about me, after, or a complaint from me about this film, after uh, Tadashi dies, that little montage, which lasts all of, I don't know, maybe a minute of the realization that Tadashi's gone, here's his funeral, now everything's sad, boom, we're done. And we kind of just move on, mm-hmm. feels a little rushed. And I feel like. Of all the time in this movie where they let things breathe and let the pacing, let let there be a good pacing and good pauses and let the characters kind of just have moments, that sequence just kind of felt like almost a blink and you'll miss it. Like I, I was watching it, I looked down to write some notes, I looked mm-hmm. up and we were, it was halfway through the panning shot of the funeral and then we were out of the funeral and I, I completely, I thought I missed like a couple of minutes of the film because I felt yeah. like they could have, they could have just. Not lingered on it too long, not to milk the emotion out of it, but I fig- I thought they could have just done a little bit more with that to really cement the audience in with where Hero's mind is, with just mm-hmm. the fact that he just lost his brother. Yeah, yeah, I could see. I yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. They probably could have have played with that a little bit more. Just I, a little I do, bit. I do think what's there is effective, and perhaps it was a matter of like, let's keep this train a roll in here if we take too much time we're going to lose the audience uh, right so yeah I, I see where you're coming from there um I, I don't, I, this movie is a lot of fun uh I, I when i sat down to watch it i wasn't sure i didn't really have any thoughts one way or the other it was just okay another movie for the we're almost to the last of this library big hero six here we go i didn't love it like i said i was i was disappointed by it the first time i saw it I had seen it another time, very casually, uh, but sitting down and watching it this time, I was really engaged by it. I was really impressed by the look of it and the performances in it and the the structure of the plot as well. That I even have like very little notes, which is a mm-hmm. good sign because I didn't want to look away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, one more praise that I got to give about this film, not to mm-hmm. not to just real quick. Oh, we ahead. mentioned it briefly, but I love the design of the villain. 
Oh yeah, the 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 nanotechnology. Are we? Is that like the big thing now? Like if you, I if think you look so. at like eras of movies, it was like oh the Cold War. Look out for the Russians, and then it was like you, know, you get the the September 11th era, the 2001 era. It's like okay, the right. the the uh, the Middle Eastern people are the that's the yeah. enemy, and like the terrorists <laughs> as they're going to show up, a- and now it's, a- it's AI nanotech. is the enemy, nanotech yep. is the enemy, right? <laughs> yep, yep. It's just a natural evolution. But I do, I love the way the character looks. I love the fact, again, much like where Baymax has no facial expressions and I can he can still emote somehow mm, yes. through just his voice, the physical um, emoting that the villain does, uh, you know, up until you know who he is. And even after you know kind of who he is, he still does it. He still has it. Now there's just a voice behind the mask. Right. But it's it's the way the character looks. It's the way they light him. The way that he holds his body and he walks. And I love the I love the the kind of flowy black trench coat. And I love the very um, very uh, uh, determined like hand gestures of like throwing yeah. his hands around. Kind of almost huh, kind of almost Sith like you know like I <laughs> yeah. feel a little force powery like mm-hmm. motions with the hands. But oh, it's just it's such a great character. And I, every time he was on screen as the villain uh, with the mask on prior to knowing who it was, I just, I never wanted to look away. I, just, it, I loved yeah. watching that character. I want to, I want to make design. a character like that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just want to cosplay as him, right? Um, oh, that'd be great. Although, thinking about the villain, his motivations, is this unique? I, I had not thought of this until you brought him up as, as something to discuss here. His motivation is revenge. Yep. How many characters have we had that were out for revenge in terms of the villains? And I, I'm actually having a hard time thinking of any right now. Did we? I thought I thought we had another one. I thought we had discussed this once before recently that we had a villain. That, hold on, let me look through the movies. <laughs> Everyone, everybody who's at home right yeah, now yeah. listening is, is yelling at us like it's this one. It's, the, it's yes. out, he's out for revenge. It's he's a neat he's a neat character in in his motivation. His design is is fantastic, and he's and he's such a seriously the the good guy is a completely white character, right? It's Baymax. He's a white yep. marshmallow, and the bad guy is this very angular black uh, <laughs> color colored character, and it's and it's hero hero villain, right? If you go through yep. the standards of you know Lone Ranger whatnot, um, is it uh, was it uh, was it uh, Meet the Robinsons? Meet the right. Yeah, there you go. That would that would be revenge, right? Oh, that, and because I, 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 I feel Meet like that revenge. was because we talked about this once before for uh, yeah for Bowler Hat guy, and mm-hmm. I feel like that was our talking about how it's pretty much that was our first villain that was just out for revenge because everybody mm-hmm. else has all either got like a is just bad for being bad or you know. You got you know, whatever is long vanity, or just, or just, you've got power, yeah. like uh, wanting the a desire for power, uh, uh, jealousy. We've had several characters of this, uh, just complete, you know, I just want a puppy coat, right? There's that kind of villain. Right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, hmm, I wonder what that one is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I guess he's not the first, but it is, it is a unique villain in that you kind of can see where he's coming from, right? right. <laughs> like, yeah, you oh, yeah. He's, he's doing things the wrong way. But he does have pretty darn good reasons why he's doing what he's doing. Yep. Um, he's not just doing it because he can do it. He's doing it because, as far as he knows, his daughter's dead. Yeah. He, <laughs> and gone. She, you know? He did get what he wanted. Like, Yes, he's going to jail for the rest of his life, but his daughter is alive. And that's all that matters to him. There's a great right. the last shot of him. I'm just remembering now is great. He's in the police car, and he looks, non-verbally, right? 
the yep. reflection of her going into the ambulance and the door shutting uh, is that's a great shot. That's very cinematic. It's 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 something you wouldn't see in maybe of the old. Probably wouldn't be able to animate a certain way in the past. Uh, one of the one of the benefits of CG is is being able to do these much more cinematic live action camera movements and and, and yep. details like that yeah and get and get those realistic reflections to to you know to light those the scene the correct way so that way you can see her in the wind yeah that's something that it would have been i mean they could have done it they probably would have gone the route of the old school way where windows and cars were just like solid mirrors unless they opened them up you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and they might have gotten something like that to 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 symbolize or just to showcase that shot, but it wouldn't have been nearly as well done as mm-hmm. what they had done in this film. It's it's interesting. We're talking about Baymax and 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 Cray being the villain here. No, not Cray. Um, Callahan being the villain. Hero being a cool character. In the grand scheme of things, though, are these characters memorable? It's really strange because it, these are not characters that I had forgotten how much I liked Baymax. I I will often think of of uh, Rapunzel or Flynn. Like, they pop into my consciousness from time to time. I think the cultural impact of, of obviously, Elsa, but of characters is far more significant over Big Hero 6. Why, what is it about Big Hero 6 that, strangely enough, it's one of the highest grossing Disney movies of all time, and yet, <laughs> where's the cultural impact behind it? That's a very strange phenomenon it's, that I'm just now real, is now dawning on me. That as cool as these characters are, why don't we think of Callahan as one of the best villains? Why don't we think of Baymax as one of the best sidekicks? That's a good point. That's that's I I don't have I, an answer, and I, I don't I don't have you an answer well. for it either. No, because it's true. Because I mean, I I love the character Baymax, and like I said, the whole fist bump thing was something that me and my nieces did for ages that, after that, we that, watched that. this film. Yeah, and like I and I quoted for a while. I used to quote, you know, Harry Baby. I like that line. Harry uh, Baby, baby, <laughs> Harry Baby. Just the way could he it, says it. Could it be that? Could this be an example of why it's bad to release a movie a year? that you don't allow a movie to uh, digest in the consciousness of the pop culture, that we're, we're immediately moving on to the next one? Could that be... That is effect- possible. Could this be an effect of that? Because, that, you know, think of, of... I mean, Marvel fatigue apparently is never going to settle in, but you get a Marvel <laughs> It movie, will just suddenly one day. <laughs> yeah. Every, like, three to five months we get another Marvel movie, and you would think that would affect the how people feel about it, right? Like, ah, enough of this. One would argue that's that there's Star Wars fatigue setting in with how these movies are coming out annually now. So perhaps, perhaps the, the releasing a movie a year that Disney has been doing is, is causing the effect of them to be a little harder to, to, I don't know. This is really me just off the cuff right now. So (laughs) no, I mean that's a good that's a good point because this has been this is also the last movie we have on our list that was released uh, yearly since uh, Chicken Little. Chicken Little from Chicken Little in 2005 Mm -hmm. until Big Hero Six in 2014, there was a Disney movie release at least once a year. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because Utopia and Moana came out the same year, didn't they? 
Yeah, they came like out. They, they both come yeah. out in 2016. So, and now in my big thing, my thinking is, is if we're trying to find some logical reasoning as to why these characters might not have, think about the fact that this came out after Frozen. Mm-hmm. Okay, Frozen came out in November of 2013 and was huge. Yeah. was gigantic and was so gigantic that it just never like stopped being big still going <laughs> yeah and and to the point where I'm actually I'm trying to look right, real quick here to see yeah when did it come out when did frozen come out on home video um so it was there starting from that okay hold on and then 2014 was released. Oh, then they he's released thinking, Frozen again. He's doing it wide thing, in thinking, March. And doing, uh, April 76. Okay, and then it and then it was released. Okay, so Frozen was released in on video for digital download in February of 2014, and then mm-hmm. on video March of 2014. I think what potentially could have happened. I mean, it was still seven, eight months beforehand. Um, but maybe the world was just kind of still so caught up in Frozen that that Big Hero Six came out and it was well received and people went and saw it. But oh, but Frozen's still happening and people are still talking about Frozen and it's still a thing. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe. And it just unfortunately was. Hey, this is great. Now back to the other thing we were talking about beforehand. Like I, I, I worry. <laughs> I wonder if that might have that might have something to do with it. I don't know. I, I don't have an actual I, I I didn't you know, I just it just dawned on me as we're discussing it that it doesn't have the cultural impact as some of these other movies have had. I think that's unfortunate yeah, because this is a movie worth watching. This is a movie that I think if you you know, we we have often discussed on this what's a gateway movie. Like, could this be a gateway movie to to could Great Mouse Detective gateway you into Sherlock Holmes, right? And right. right. If you're in somehow think that the Marvel movies are a little too intense for your kids, this would be a movie to introduce them to to yes. get them into the the more intense films of of the Marvel universe, which yeah you know, they could tend to be a little violence and a little more sexualized, just a little and just low, <laughs> yeah, and maybe a little bit of language here and there. So it's a it's a very tiny bridge. It's one of those little little like it's one of those little foot bridges you see over a, a stream that's more for aesthetic purposes. Like you could just step over the stream, but someone put a little bridge there. Yeah. Like in Japanese gardens? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh I see what we did there, T Z. Uh yeah, to- um. totally totally deliberate. Yep. Totally deliberate. Yep. We we script this entire show, folks. Uh- <laughs> We rehearse all week long. No, that's a that's a very good point because this movie does. Like I said, I watch this film when I, I obviously I've been watching the Marvel movies in theaters. I think I've seen almost every one of them in theaters. Mm-hmm. You know, since Iron Man and just you know, it's what I've done. So like I know the movies, and we're going on what ten years now. Yeah, which would have meant that when Big Hero Six came out, we were like halfway through the 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 last ten, uh, the you know the ten year run of this film mm-hmm. or the the series. So I watch this movie now, and I go, oh yeah, that it that just feels like a Marvel movie. It feels like it has the beats. Yeah. Um, uh, the beat of a Marvel cinematic film with, like you said, though. A little tamer, a little calmer, but still very good, very funny, very actiony. Um, actually, kind of, this movie actually kind of feels a little more like a modern Marvel film, like the, oh, the like recent the kind more of tongue in cheek, yeah, Thor yeah, three, like yeah. hey, we're not entirely taking ourselves as serious as we would have before, but um, like this is easily a stepping stone into that more goofy Marvel yeah. films, and 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 I I really do think that if if you have a, a little one that likes superheroes, that likes 
adventures like movies of this caliber this this is perfect pop this in it's dynamic enough that i don't think you'd get annoyed by it the closest they get to like oh really you're gonna play that song is right before the montage they start the rocky <laughs> song and they cut it off as soon as and it they started cut it off as it started i was like um don't please i did not remember that this song was here and then it stops i'm like yay <laughs> they're not Which gonna play just, it <laughs> yep because that, that means even they were aware mm-hmm. they're like well come on okay Okay, we could sh- we should do this, but we're not actually going to do it. We're gonna we're gonna it's it's a it's a misdirect. It's we'll a let DreamWorks out. do this sort of garbage. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> and Silly yes, folks, people. that's my obligatory DreamWorks uh, jab. <laughs> it wouldn't be a podcast episode of the last fifteen films without it, TC. <laughs> I, I just I am still very curious about, and maybe the listeners can sound off why they think this is the this is the thirteenth highest grossing Disney film. Of all time. <laughs> and <laughs> the only other, yeah, there's no impact. Ahead. There's no impact. Like, what is it? Why is that? The only other thing I could think of, because I was going through the list of uh, Pixar films, because I was trying to figure out, like, maybe one of the Pixar, actual Pixar movies came out and threw things off. But the closest one would have been Inside Out, which would have been the following summer. Yeah. Which at that point, again, you know, this movie would have already been released on video and it would have already been doing its thing. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have suffered a fate any less devastating of literally any other Disney movie from the last 15 years prior to it, (laughs) because there's always a Pixar film or a Disney film being released within six months of each other. (laughs) Like, it's just how that's how it goes. Come to think of it, because they own everything. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Doing a little I want to I want to fact check what fact checking is due. Taking into account all the Marvel, Pixar, and Star Wars movies, Big Hero 6 is the 42nd highest grossing Disney movie of all time. Just wanted to be, uh, you know, just to make sure I got my facts just straight Just want to be here. accurate. <laughs> yep, yep. No, I get you. I yeah. get you. That's, that's t- It makes total sense that... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. you'd want to double check yourself. Uh, uh, oh, that's funny. Actually, so Guardians of the Galaxy had already been released by the time this movie came out. Wow. Oh, jeez. Everything's so muddled, Jeff. <laughs> it is. Oh, this well, just makes my head hurt. If you don't mind, I think it's time to jump over to Facebook and see what some of our listeners have to say about this. I thing. definitely agree. While TC gets that real quick, there's one trope I just wanted to point out because I would be missed if I didn't. <laughs> Orphan protagonist. Orphan protagonist. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Aunt Cass. Aunt Cass, right? Yep. Cass. Yep. Cass. Cass. C-A-S-S. Yeah. Obviously, they so they have a they have a guardian, but it's mm-hmm. not the mom or dad. Um, so, and I was so mad because the villain started falling to his death, and Baymax <laughs> saved him. And I'm like, oh, so close, Baymax. Uh, actually, before I, we I thought I had him. Before we get to discussing the comments that's worth discussing the ending in this movie and Baymax's Baymax sacrifice uh that oh. that hero has to say goodbye to him and say goodbye to Tadashi by letting him go you know I, are you satisfied with with uh, the help of no no I can't and that he has to yes. let him go it's it's a great mm. sacrifice moments that really you know tugs at the heartstrings in the right way it's a, it's a beautiful yep. moment that he that he chooses to do near pretty much exactly what Tadashi did which is to go through the portal to run into the fire to save that one person and and to save a Callahan of all people right (laughs) right so yeah to save somebody that he doesn't know doesn't matter because he's literally a hero in the sense Mm -hmm. of like literally his name right (laughs) Uh, he is literally the hero that just that is not thinking of himself anymore yeah it's 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 such a great climax of the film and 
sure, there's that. And actually, this is definitely a marvelism that Baymax still is alive, right? That he can reboot yep. into the. <laughs> Which, for the record, guys, if okay. I love Baymax. The fact that he died would have made me horribly sad. But then if he, like, finding the disc of his personality and me being able to recreate him, yeah. I would make so many copies of that flipping disc. <laughs> you get a Baymax. You, for... get a Baymax. <laughs> yes. you get a Baymax. You get a Baymax. And just store them in different bank accounts all across the city Aww. just so if anything happened to Baymax, I would. Because that's a lucky thing that Baymax took his chip out yep. and gave gave him the, the chip so that way he could. He could re- he could be rebooted. That was just pure luck. Ah, what a great moment! And I didn't I I <sighs> so remembered well it as it was playing out, but I didn't remember how it had never affected me like it did this viewing of it. Um, that's a it's a great beautiful moment. And as I've as stated in my record Ralph moment, I love Ralph's sacrifice at the end of that. Uh, Flynn yep. also making the sacrifice for Rapunzel in Entangled. Oh boy, and Anna. Anna making her sacrifice. Have I found another trope with a revival era, Jeff? <laughs> Guys, I just think by this accident. Is, man, <laughs> on accident, we found another trope for the last like five movies we've been watching. A character <laughs> selflessly sacrificing themselves, huh? To save another character. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. I. Dang, Nabbit TC. <laughs> what in the world? Weird. Because huh. wait, because technically, well, okay, like totally sacrificing himself, or they could still come back. Uh, Totally sacrificing themselves because Flynn okay. is gonna die. Ralph's gonna die. Baymax knows he's right. dying. Um, good point. Good point. Okay. Anna I was just gonna say, like, because I'm like, yeah, they they all selflessly sacrifice their very lives for. Oh man, that is. I'm I'm excited by the fact that that revelation just hit us. <laughs> Where was this revelation like four episodes ago, guys? I can't believe we didn't see this. You know, I've you been need doing tro- I have been doing tropes. <laughs> For a year and almost a year and a half now, and I didn't catch this until now. That's uh, it, guys. Well, I quit. I'm gonna go. do two more episodes and I'm done. Okay. That's All right, it. that's uh, it. How about, how about three though? How about three more episodes? Oh gosh, fine. I guess I'll come. I'll phone in the third one. Uh, <laughs> All right, TC. Let's go over to the Facebook. All right, cool. Can, so every week we before we record, we do throw up on Facebook here the, the episode we're going to be discussing and yep. uh, Facebook.com/slash top shelf pod you can also tweet at me at tc's big head and you can tweet at jeff at random bell so hitting up Hi. the face hitting up the facebook page we got uh <laughs> there's there's some appreciation for this movie which i'm i'm happy to see here uh natasha says it's nice to see it's a nice change to see so much diversity among the characters 100 percent agree on you uh, with you there and that characters value friendship family and hard work more than anything I want Baymax in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, man. I would love to have an actual yeah. Baymax in my life right now. Are you kidding? Uh, yes, that'd be pretty awesome. And then she puts a little meme here. It's it's a shot of uh, Baymax firing his fist. It says, oh, Hans. And then there's a statue <laughs> of Hans from Tangled. We might as well discuss this. We should do a theory yes. right now. If only there was someone out there who loved you. So apparently, uh, <laughs> now is it Hans? Is it is it Hans from Frozen? Yes, it's Hans. Okay. And and I've, I I I've okay. So I saw this earlier. Someone also tweeted at me this theory. Okay. That Tangled and Big Hero Six take place in the same universe. That this is just a century after the fact. Uh, that's Arendelle and whatnot. So Hans. Since his statue is in Fred's garden, would mean right. that Fred ha- is a descendant of Hans. So man, it looks like Hans finally got that family he wanted. 
Oh, bought dang time. <laughs> <laughs> so he they, he learned a lesson after the end of Frozone. Yeah, I guess, or he just found an evil woman. It's a little Somebody bit. Of, it's a Lucius Malfoy situation here. So <laughs> that's the theory that Tangled is connected to Big Hero Six, and there's three different ways that apparently people have theorized they connect. So Fred being a descendant of Hans, that's because of the way Aunt Cass celebrates pushes her hair behind her head and has an affinity for chocolate that she is a descendant of Anna and Elsa and, and oh, there's a third one and I don't have it in front of me but how do you feel about this Jeff let's go with the Hans one first could you see that perhaps Fred and his rich family which is you know patriarch is Stanley at this point is a descendant of Hans why else would they have a statue of him Aside from animators just being, putting Easter eggs. <laughs> do you subscribe True. to this theory? What do you think? I mean, I guess I could see it. It's it's a long enough time frame between those movies and this movie that it's, it's potential that that is where the family gets their riches from because of the years of being kind of royalty and, and potentially marrying into other royalty. And I don't, you don't, you know, we don't know what Hans did after the course of Frozen, like we right. just said. He's so locked in prison eh. probably, or at least sent back yeah. to his 12 brothers to beat him up. Right, so we uh, we don't we don't know we don't know what happens. I mean, we we probably won't know unless he's in the sequel, uh, Frozen, which comes out in a year, but uh, um, or two years. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know. I I could kind of see that that mm-hmm. mm, it's a little thin, but there is there is some connection like connective tissue there to make it kind of make sense. Yeah, I I like this one. I I would have to really digest it to think if to to decide if i if we'll we'll call this part of the theory right when we're making our red yarn whiteboard situation here we'll we'll take it into account the I can't uh, wait the anna and aunt Cass one i don't like i don't i don't subscribe to this that one feels a little yeah. too that's 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 too thin they for me celebrate to the same way they wave the same cute way they oh i thought what the third one was i'll get to that in this because someone else commented on it um <clears throat> the fact that she likes chocolate like that that's pretty loose uh, that's just mm-hmm. coincidental i someone really have to sell that pretty hard to me for me to subscribe to that one but not as much as the third one which is that uh honey lemon is a descendant of Rapunzel. So someone commented. Let me just look real quick. What? <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay, it was from Wyatt. Um, Wyatt, how dare you? <laughs> I thought we were called friends. Is he the only one who thinks that Honey Lemon is a modern-day Rapunzel? She has the same mannerisms, design, and personality. Yes, they do have quite a bit of few similarities here, but... Mm-hmm. And yes, I suppose through the course of relationships the world over, one could go from a very blonde-haired <laughs> European Anglo-Saxon Rapunzel to a clearly <laughs> Hispanic descent uh, honey lemon. I, 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 that's, it, I would believe. Um, I would believe Thomas is theory that uh, Baymax is the secret weapon in Infinity War over that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Thomas. For that. Uh, <laughs> thank and, you, Thomas. <laughs> and obviously, why? thank you for, for commenting on it as well. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm not going to subscribe. If any of these three theories of connecting it to the Frozen universe, which Tangled is connected to the Frozen universe, well, you know, gosh darn it, if 
if the if Hans is the descendant of Fro if of Fred or vice versa, then Tangled automatically is connected because of their connection in the Frozen. Yep. So maybe not a Rapunzel descendant, but she's connected anyway if you subscribe to the Hans theory. So she's in there yep. somehow. <laughs> there is a connection. We've found a yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, White also says the sequence where Baymax and Hero fly over San Francisco, San Francisco is his favorite. It's man, that's such a cool sequence. Um, I agree. Uh, let's see. Chris Scholes. Scholes says I had hopes for this film, though I felt ultimately disappointed by it. I found it to be. Uh, it was. Oh, it was touted as part of the MCU, but then they. Um, but like the Netflix and TV worlds, the connections, very little connections exist. Uh, the whole Pixar theory universe, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so yes, I, I'm with you, Schulze. I was disappointed that this didn't have a more direct connection to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Part of me is okay now. Now that I've rewatched it, I'm like, I'm fine it being its own thing. On the other hand, it would be neat if the the, the post credit stinger was an animated Nick Fury visiting hero, right? <laughs> like, that kind of would have been neat. Or if Tony Stark showed up and was like, hey, I'm interested in your tech. That There is a part of me that's like, oh, what a missed opportunity. Because that would be something that the MCU has not done. Have an animated character be brought into the live-action universe. Like right. for for a spell when when it was all like oh how are we gonna get the Fantastic Four back from Fox I kept thinking you know what screw that just make live action versions of the Incredibles and bring them into the yeah. MCU uh, I would much rather see that than dealing with whatever Fox is good well obviously that nonsense <laughs> is over with now but to see the, the hero brought into the MCU would be cool yeah because the closest that any like any kind of series has gotten is bringing over the CG character or one of the animated characters from the Clone Wars into Rogue One. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sol yeah. Gerrera is like the closest I feel like that anything like that has happened. Mm-hmm. You're you right. know, to, yeah, to, cr- oh, to cross those those mediums uh-huh. with a same character. The closest um, I thought was uh, they animated Vixen for a CW web series, and then they brought Vixen into the Arrowverse in real life. <laughs> That's the closest I, I mean, can think of. <laughs> okay, okay, if we're being realistic, because I know there's somebody out here who's just going to tell me, <laughs> technically, Harley Quinn from the Batman animated series being brought over into the Suicide uh, Squad. But that's not the same universe. That's just a character. Not the same universe. No. Yeah. yeah, Right. But I just I wanted to clarify (laughs) (laughs) that I was I was thinking of that. Um, (laughs) And then so so yeah, having Baymax be the secret weapon in Infinity War. The reason they can't do this is the same reason they can't bring Coulson back into the movie universe because. The normies would be confused. <laughs> Who's that white marshmallow like, guy? I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm just here. He wasn't to... part of my stuff. Where's before? Iron Man? Is he an Iron Man <laughs> robot? I don't get it. <laughs> Good point. Uh, yeah. And then finally, I got a tweet here from uh, what is it? I can't read the name. It's all numbers. Seven two six two six two six. There you go. Whatever your name. <laughs> Thank you. It's. It's it's a Jeff if that helps you at all. So it's a oh if it's not you Jeff it's a different Jeff. Oh. Jeff says uh, nobody likes me. He sees a lot of similarities <laughs> in Big Hero Six to the original Teen Titans Go. 
I'm assuming he doesn't mean the, like the super chibi version that exists now, but <laughs> the original, uh, more DC animated universe style Teen Titans. And he, you know what? He's right. Actually, thinking the bad guy, comparing it to a bad guy from Teen Titans, there's and the and the Asian American mix, huh? Hmm. Huh. You know, that did not dawn on me. Thank you, Jeff. Not you, Jeff. The tweet. Oh. The guy who tweeted. Seven two six two six two six. Jeff. Not you, Jeff. <laughs> so many. Nah. Uh, I don't know what to say or do. <laughs> of all the movies we've watched in this ah! round of the library, Jeff, where do you place? Big Hero 6. So if by chance this is the first time you're listening to an episode, we are watching the movies in chunks of 10 and ranking them 1 through 10. We are in the last 10, which we don't even have 10 to choose from. And Jeff, go. (laughs) So this one was a little hard for me to decide on, but wasn't super complicated, difficult, like many of these films that we've watched in the past. Um, I... I really like Big Hero 6. Mm-hmm. It's a very fun, you know, fun action film with a lot of great emotional moments, a lot of very funny moments, very well animated um, bits and pieces in it that just, it makes it, to me, it's an all-around good movie, and it ends with a really fun, um, <laughs> uh, oh, oh my goodness, why am I spacing the on credit the band's sequence? name? Uh, oh. The credit The Fall Out Boy song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Like I, and plus yeah. the animation, yeah, Immortals. Plus the animation from uh, uh, that during the end credits are fun, and I just you know I I like this movie. It's a good movie. I, yeah, I'm glad I like the closing credit sequence as well. That the the sketches of probably like the concept art being used mm-hmm. to to create that. It's got a great comic book, and you get to see the further adventures. There's one cl- newspaper clipping where it looks like an alien of sorts that they're they're dealing with, or they're stopping a trolley that's out of control. So you go, you do get to see the the further adventures of Big Hero Six, the team. So that's kind of neat. It's nice that it's not because it's you know there's a there's obviously the the concept that they might be able to make another one of these someday, but at the same time, well, they, eh, if they don't, they are going to yeah. have a TV series. I'm aware. I am yes. aware that that is that is if not already happened, something that is going to happen. Right. I did I did see that while I was uh researching this epi- or this movie. So mm-hmm. I'm I was just like, oh I might have to I might have to just check out the T V yeah, series yeah. sometime soon. I'm kinda yeah. curious. I'll add it to my list. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. Just add it to the countless list of shows and movies and <laughs> music albums stuff. and stuff There's I have to much. do. It's too much good stuff. But where I would place this on my list, uh, mm-hmm. that one, like I said, it wasn't super hard to come up with the decision, but it was a little, I, I had a moment of, oh, it's going to be that. Hmm? Yes, it's going to be this. Okay. So this is my number two. Okay. Okay. Because I really, lo- I really love Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph is just fun and it's great. It's mm-hmm. enjoyable for the ones that we've watched so far. Uh, but this is another one of those where it is... It's my number two, but just by a little bit. Like, it's it just kind of squeaks in under Wreck-It Ralph uh, for for enjoyable. I just, I think between the two of them, I'd watch Wreck-It Ralph again because it's just a little more generally fun. General yeah, fun. Yeah. General fun. Um, <laughs> those of you who know what I'm doing. But the, uh, but like that, that's, that's the only reason why. That's the only thing that, that beats it out. Yeah, for uh, me, it's not like it's not like a giant distance between Winnie the Pooh and Frozen. Right. So, so oh yeah. <laughs> so you're you're that puts Wrecker Ralph as your number one, and Big Hero Six yep. is your number two. Winnie the Pooh is three, and Frozen yep. as your fourth. So, as for my order, 
Wrecker Ralph is going to solidly stay at number one, and I'm putting Big Hero mm-hmm. Six as my number two as well, which I did Ooh. not think would happen when I sat down to watch this because I did have a little bit of ambivalence to Big Hero Six. Not, I didn't dislike it, I didn't love it. It just was a movie I was going to watch. And as it was playing out and realizing just how little I'd looked away from the screen and how much I'd enjoyed the movie as it played out, I realized that, yeah, this if, if it really was a matter of watching something that is very significantly a much more contemporary, modern, a, a more unique Disney film than something like Frozen, which you know people have heard I like a bit more than Jeff, um, mm-hmm. which is a far more <laughs> traditional Disney musical and a little too Broadway-y. Uh, yeah, I'd watch Big Hero Six before before Frozen easily. So, uh, Wreck-It Ralph stays at number one for the impact that overall movie has on me. But uh, Big Hero Six is surprisingly going to be my number two. Surprising for me, um, and uh, yeah, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I honestly, going into this last round, thought I might put Big Hero Six at the bottom of this list, and I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did this new time around. CC, I don't think you and I would have been friends if that happened. <laughs> no, I yeah, kid. Yeah. But uh, kind of. Uh. <laughs> so I, I am interested to hear what the listeners might have to say about Big Hero 6. I know this wasn't streaming anywhere. Unfortunately, Netflix pulled it before this this week of viewing or this month yep. of viewing. Uh, so I do hope that some of you got a chance to, to, to watch it again and maybe have a few thoughts of some of the things we brought up here. So certainly hit up Facebook or tweet at us um, if we missed any conversation points, or let us know. Or I hope some of you are compiling your own lists. Uh, one of you is compiling your 56 list. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> but for those of you who might <laughs> be crazy person. ranking your round <laughs> this time, uh, I'm wondering where Big Hero 6 falls for, falls for yeah. some of you. So. Uh, but yeah, that's, I look forward to hearing it as well, everybody. That is the end of my notes. There we go. I've done it. Fan- <laughs> fantastic. Congratulations, DC. We've done it. You've done it. Mostly Ooh, I've just sat here and enjoyed myself. Oh, that's. Oh, okay. So now we have like a very short time because that has to sync up properly. Otherwise, people <laughs> no, are going to no, freak no. out. Get out of here. <laughs> so with that, everybody, TC, uh, it was great. Great. Uh, thank you again for joining me, TC. Thanks yes. for everybody for listening. It is so much and they, fun. Thanks for everybody leaving the comments. We love doing the show so much. Mm-hmm. And we are getting close to the end and it's sad but two more movies and then a final wrap-up episode so don't worry folks we still got a couple more weeks of us in your ear holes um i'm gonna call it that what ear holes yeah yeah what's next week yeah yeah yeah. so next week everybody is number 55 on our list of films uh 2016 so we are jumping a year from release Mm -hmm. 2016's zootopia zootopia all right yeah Yeah. oh man i'm this is gonna be a fun one. Yeah, I, obviously no 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 spoilers for the conversation, but this is this is gonna be a good one. And this is currently up on Netflix, if I'm correct. Yeah, I believe Zootopia and Moana are both up on Netflix. However, at the rate that these movies have been on <laughs> yeah. Netflix, and then it's about time for us to watch them, and then they pull them, mm-hmm. I, I I gave up trying to keep track of them anymore. <laughs> well, give it's like I don't know uh, those out who want to participate. Look for that posting next week when we are going to record. Get get your comments out about or any questions you might have for us, and uh, see what we have to say about Zootopia. But that did it. That's it. That's Woo-wee! it. We can be heroes. We can be heroes if just for one day. Just for TC, one day. go ahead and do the end. That's the that's a completely different song. Uh, All right, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been a podcast. We have been the people. 
who have been talking. Oh my gosh, did I, I screwed up the, Uh-oh. Jeff, what's wrong? I, you know what happened? T-C. My earbud fell out and, and it totally threw me for a loop. I don't know what to oh, do. Oh no. What do I do? What happens now? What do, what I do? do we just, do we, do I just, do we just fade out? Do we I don't just know. say goodbye? No, I, oh. I, I'm shouting over this. the music. This is me no. shouting over music. No. This is Meta Podcast. No. We're the people you've been listening to. And this is a sign off. <laughs> Oh, hey, I found a volleyball with a handprint on it floating in the water with me. Why are we referencing Castaway? <laughs> this has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network.